Are you rolling? Uh, Sorry, I didn't realize that was a question. <laughs> yes. Thank God we got that. Woo! Woo! Um, I think I'm going to turn my gain down just a little bit. Okay. Yeah, that was better. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh my God, I'm actually seeing this. <laughs> but like the idea that you turned your game down in order <laughs> to not blow out the fucking speaker. Because I'm a professional. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm fucking dead. Oh, that was so good. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We've got thrills and chills. I think there's a ghost in your combination. Your gullet is possessed. Are you filled with the spirit, my friend? I am filled with too many spirits. <laughs> what do they say? Leave room for the Holy Ghost? Yes. Yeah, that's why I had to burp. I had to leave room for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you know what it's like when you got too much Holy Ghost? <laughs> God, I love you. <laughs> oh. I'm Lillian Bustle. And together we greet you here at all the fucks. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome Uh, to the fucks right this way. Right this way. Strap on in. Well, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Here on all the fucks, Oof. we would like to think that this is a podcast. <laughs> we would like to think no. that this is a podcast. That's really up to you guys, I suppose. <laughs> Who knows? It could be a mystery decoder ring society <laughs> for all oh, we know. Oh, shit. <laughs> I feel like that's our next Let's iteration. bring that back. Who's got a 3D printer? Hell yeah. Uh, doesn't Don? No. <laughs> but thank you for thinking that we might. <laughs> I know Absolutely. we are fancy nerds, but no, no, it's a, it's we we have we have a virtual reality headset which is doesn't print anything, <laughs> <laughs> which is a damn shame. Have you been using that more? Uh, a little bit. I I like it, but it gives me a little bit like it squeezes my head. Uh, yeah. So I can only do it like my tolerance is kind of low, but I really like it. It's honestly the game that Beat Saber game that I was telling you about. It's just like the best version of Guitar Hero that could have ever been made. It's it's really fun. Like, you get in the zone. It's been nice to get in a zone. Um, I was... Uh, there's a great documentary series on Netflix about um, video game development and the rise of Atari and Nintendo and stuff like that, which I... If you care about that at all, I highly recommend it. I don't remember what it's called, but if you if you Google video game documentary on Netflix, you'll you'll figure it out. I trust you. <laughs> Um, but, um, they were talking about a sociologist who discovered the concept of the zone, like of, of getting, of enjoying something so much that you really want to practice and get better at it. Um, and then you do, so you want to do it more. Like it's a good feedback loop. Oh, interesting. Um, and I haven't had that very much recently. If I have been more out of the zone, (laughs) Oh, than ever. Than ever. So having something where, like, not only does it feel good while I'm doing it, it's fun. When things get too fast, I actually just, like, laugh hysterically at myself at how bad it gets. And then I take it to a different level. I get better at it. And then I can do the harder things. And I haven't progressed like that in anything, I don't know, maybe all year. I don't remember even what happened January, February, March, quite frankly. So Yeah, barely. (laughs) I was at Sundance. Holy shit. Oh, God. Shit. Yeah, you were. Holy shit. I was at Sundance fucking film festival before mm-hmm. I decided that I would become a champion um, veggie straw eater. 
Yes. Yes. It's a different shape of Funyun, more or less. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Which, not, not shit, not a Funyun. Wait. <laughs> that, that would be like hard it to do. Be one of your down home sayings. <laughs> Shoo. <laughs> Shoo. <laughs> Don't let nobody piss on your leg and tell you it's raining. Unless you're shit, not a Funyun. <laughs> what's the, what's the biscuit one? All up in there like hair in a biscuit. That's it. <laughs> mm. And that is like visceral. That is like, honestly, like one of the, be- is it uh, a simile is like or as? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 one of the most visceral similes because we have all had that thing where you're like, oh, look, look, and then you have to pull the hair out of something and you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. I mean, it's bad enough when it's your own <clears throat> hair, but when it's someone else's hair. Ooh. Oh, even worse. Even worse. Even spookier. Even spookier. <laughs> My beloved forensics coach is one of the best, uh, like pastry bakers ah, ever. Like she makes lovely. the greatest brownies of all mm. time, and she mm-hmm. knows it. But she also has well. And she knows it. Like she's like she oh, walks around putting on airs because uh, she does. Ooh, she, excuse me. Oh, but can you bake brownies? No, I don't think you can. <laughs> Also, you know what's fucking sobering as hell? I am um, as old as she was when <gasps> she started teaching me. Oh, God. I love hate that. I know, right? Because now uh, I'm like, oh, wait. Did she not know shit the same way I don't know shit? But uh, I don't think yes. so. <laughs> well, no. I mean, I really, I'm to the point where I think ev- literally every person on this planet is faking it. I think that there <laughs> are... Like, Rachel Maddow and maybe 15 other people know anything. And everybody else is like, I... Like that that meme of the dog where he's, like, wearing a tie and, like, working. (laughs) He's like, I got this. I have no idea what I'm doing. That's most people. Yeah. Pretty sure. Um, So her... But when she was my age, she had, like, four cats. And uh, that was... You know, coincidentally, when I was eating her brownies more frequently. Oh, no. (laughs) And these brownies were so good, but they were always full of cat hair. No, no. You couldn't help it. It was ambient. I mean, the same thing happens to me now with my dog. His fur is just Mm, ambient. And so, you know. I disagree. (laughs) I don't think I've ever gotten cat fur in, in my food. I will occasionally get a single cat fur cat hair like up my nose and then I have a moment where I'm like ow itchy oh no and then I'll go look in the mirror and I'll think it's my own nose hair that has grown too far (laughs) when in fact I was just mushing my face into my cat but I gotta tell you I'm not I'm not crapping on your lady but um no no she she needs she needed to mop a little more get a HEPA filter or something that is entirely likely. Woof. <laughs> Woof. They were so good, though. But yeah, hair in a, hair in a fucking biscuit, hair in a brownie. Oh, not great. God. I can't even imagine being a student <clears throat> and having a teacher be like, I made these brownies. And everyone was like, you got to try these brownies. They're the shit. And you're like, nom, nom, nom. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> oh, nom. Uh, uh, uh. Well, you know, I mean, mm. we all... And, and, but then, and, but then, like the moment, I wish I could have been inside your head. The moment when you were like, "Fuck it," ah, nah, nah, nah. and so we all did because we all <laughs> called them cat hair brownies. Oh my god! <laughs> did she know that? Yeah. Yes, we oh, we didn't. Keep I have extra problems with from her. <laughs> Where she was like, shrug. Guess that's how it is. We couldn't keep secrets from her. We were so feral, you know. Oh, and she yeah, was no. really good at wrangling us. Oh, God. We, yeah, we subscribed to some unfortunately brutal honesty in our day also, where it was yeah, just like, right? I guess you got to know this thing about how your feet smell. <laughs> <laughs> so, fuck buddies, it's spooky Halloween. It is spooky season. It is spooky season. And so all throughout the uh, month of October, uh, we're going to be giving you scary stories, including last week's delicious interview with our friend Nadiamos. Yay! Um, who is a self-proclaimed circus freak. 
she tells lots of wild and crazy stories oh, that man. definitely uh, walk on the wilder and more um, extraordinary and supernatural side of life. She's so. got more, I bet, that we could do a round <clears throat> two with her. Oh, <laughs> squeeze, my God. Squeeze yes. a little more out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was a ride and a half. Um, and otherwise, Lillian and I will be bringing to you more crazy stories from the internet in a couple of hours as well. I have a really good, very strange, scary story for you of I, my own. Um, I'll pass. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so. Absolutely. This could, this could, oh, oh, uh, Oh, now that's not good. I was like, this could only be more up my alley if, and then I was going to try to put up something that was in an alley, but I don't, I'm sorry. My, a a random spigot. I don't know. My turn of phrase is broken. Old flyers that have have, uh, Uh, been torn off of telephone poles. A dumpster with Bastion's bullies in it from Never Ending Story. Oh my God. I love you so much. So much. I won the metaphor. (laughs) You always do. You always do. Thanks. Um, It's been bumpy ride. Um, Yeah, tell me. (laughs) Fucking regale. During the week or so between me graduating from college and going to my summer camp theater director job, I was home at my parents' house, just kind of like pausing. And they were both still working full time and they were at work for the day and I was home and I was taking a shower and I heard uh, the, the, my, oh, the ba- no. that bathroom. I think I've told you, you I think you've told the story. On the podcast? Is it the raccoons? Oh, it's the crows. Oh, Did crows. Yeah, you've told this Fuck story. Damn it. Uh, Fuck I'm damn sorry. It. <laughs> That's okay. I like that in my head they were raccoons, though, but of yes. Co- I think I told you that story because we were talking about the squirrels in the attic. Yes, that's very possible. Uh, or oh, the raccoon it. That family. Is great... in the... yeah. It is so good, right? Um, all right, then I got nothing. Do you have anything scary? <laughs> or otherwise that happened to you? Okay, so I may have told this story before. Um, uh, it's, I mean, it's kind of short. I definitely talked about my haunted, my haunted uh, piano bar. Didn't I? Um, I, you actually kind of avoided it for the most part. Did because I? you were still working there. And I think you were like, uh, he doesn't like us talking about mm. him or whatever. Oh. <laughs> right? Gosh, I wish I could think of his name. Okay. Well. Maybe it's better that you can't, though. Uh Oh. Arthur? Okay. So. That sounds right. I was working at a piano bar that is, it's defunct. It's R.I.P. Piano Bar. Um, and, uh, uh, very often at the very beginning, um, it was just like, we were still trying to build a following. So there weren't a lot of people in the bar. Um, however, things were weird before the bar even opened. Um, there was, uh, a night when I felt something weird when we were doing training and I was like, ah, now there had been some crazy shootings in Jersey city. Um, so I, I thought that that night I was just on edge for that. Um, but, uh, then there was weird stuff that was happening with the lights, but the guys had just installed them and it's an old, everything in Jersey city has old wiring more or less, unless it's like a brand new building, which is, this is Mm -hmm. not. So there was like flickering and weird on and offing and, and we were all like, huh, that's weird. So I want to say it was opening night. It was definitely the first night that I was at the host or the um, server station with customers. Like there were customers around, somebody was on the piano, things were happening. And I looked over and there were definitely places to sit. If there wasn't anywhere to sit, people would congregate in the back, but there were places to sit. And there was this guy off to my left. I was, I was standing in the back. I was looking at the piano and the door and this dude were to my left. And I kept seeing him as I was like going in and out of the kitchen, which would be bright and then dark back into the bar. Mm. Um, and it looked like a guy literally like, like a Sam Spade character with a fedora kind of pulled down mm. and a green, I caught a green scarf, like a 
it was cold out. Yeah, so it was a green scarf and then like a like a could have been a trench coat, could have been a camel hair coat. Leaning way too fucking close to the server station, just like sitting there. And I would see him and then I would go back into the kitchen and I would come back and I would catch him out of the corner of my eye. And I turned around to tell this guy to fucking move. And he wasn't there. <clears throat> so this coupled with um, there was a moment in the bar where someone actually tapped me on the shoulder, like tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around, and not only was he not there, but, like, there was only two of us in the entire place. Um, so then there was a moment where I was moving things from the bar into the fridge, and I, I went through the swinging door a number of times, and when I went back through the swinging door, some something had moved the um, uh, fire extinguisher into the path. There was like a very short path between the door to the fridge where we kept all the fruit. That was had not been there because I had just done that route like two or three times and there was nobody in that back kitchen. So um, when, I, when I saw the guy and then he disappeared, I was like, uh. So I started asking around and it was mostly girls who worked there. Um, but I, I <laughs> this girl, Kara, I was like, hey. <laughs> have you seen anything weird? She's like, oh yeah, this place fucking haunted. So like the, the more I talked to the girls, all of the women there had seen something and the guys, the owner is a little sensitive and he was like, uh, I didn't want to say anything, but I've been feeling stuff too, but he hadn't seen anything. I think we started calling him Arthur. So, um, he, yeah, definitely fucking with the lights, uh, doing all kinds of things to other people at the bar um, and I don't know if he liked the music or what, but like stopped causing problems. There was definitely shenanigans happening and then they stopped. And I only saw him that one night and I saw him multiple times during the night because it took me a while to realize it wasn't a person. Uh, Ooh. yeah. And we would kind of talk to him every so often. Um, and, and you know, people, I consulted people who know things about stuff like that. And they were like, better off if you don't try to make friends, really. Because if they're there, it's, they shouldn't be there. Like, we don't, ghosts shouldn't be hanging right. around. Right, um, yes. But, yeah, like, I was like, well, I mean, I want to be friendly. I don't want them to be mad. So, like, should I leave out some whiskey or, like, what? And they were like, don't do that shit. Don't do that. <laughs> don't invite it. Right. Don't invite it. Yeah. Yep. And then I was definitely there by myself at times. And it never felt creepy. Ever. That's good. Not once. Not, um, and the other girls corroborated it. And, uh, and, oh, oh, right. So after I brought it up, um, the owner talked to the kitchen staff. Turns out everybody there who had worked there previously when it had been a different restaurant knew about the ghost. And they didn't say anything to us. I was like, what the fuck? Why wouldn't you at least be like, heads up, this shit might be haunted. Um, I asked some other customers, and the customers were like, oh, yeah, because it had been a gay bar um, two iterations prior, and I had hung out there, but not a lot, and they were like, oh, yeah, this this bartender who used to work here, and I was like, was it a girl? And they were like, yeah. Um, she used to see stuff all the time, and they said, I can't, I never went to the records building, but they, it's a weird setup, and they said that it that building used to be a morgue, and there was a funeral home where the other restaurant was oh, next door. Oh, shit. And it's right by where there used to be docks, like on the waterfront was Hoboken, but there were docks all along up and down Jersey City waterfront. Anyway, that is my haunting story. And if I've told it before, I told it in more detail now. So, um, yeah, it was it was so fascinating to really feel like I had seen and felt things and to not be scared. That is amazing. Ta-da. Would you like to know a terrifying recovered memory that I just got? Mm-hmm. Oh, did I just say recovered memory? I sure did. Ooh, I like to poke things and find things. Tell me. Mm-hmm. So every time in the past that I have read a story about somebody receiving a visiting mm-hmm. at night, <clears throat> a visitation, I've like felt a dim bell ringing in the back of my head, but I couldn't figure out why. Oh, Wow. I just remembered at the same, around the exact same time as uh, the story I was going to tell you about the crows. Okay. 
There, um, I which think was terrifying, was, by the way. Which was yeah, t- completely terrifying. <clears throat> um, for some reason, maybe it was. Ra- I'm pretty sure it was during the days before my graduation because it was like college was over, but. I still had to stay in town, and so I had, like, moved out of my dorm, but there were, like, a handful of days to graduation, right? So there was nothing to do. I could really just stay with people who lived near school, Mm -hmm. and one of those people was my friend Amanda. Amanda lived in Paramus, and Amanda's family were the keepers of a cemetery, Oh, my God. I want to be friends with Amanda. Now, here's the thing. Cemeteries don't scare me because I grew up next to one. Right, right. Cemeteries are not a thing for me. All they look like to me is my backyard. Right. (laughs) Um... But, and so she was like, you can stay at my house unless it's weird that I, like own a cemetery. I was like, no, hello, I don't, I'm home. Yeah, I don't own one, but I kind of own one. I don't one. own one, but I, yeah, I do, I kind of own one. So, <laughs> so she has me come stay with her uh, for one night, and it's pretty much just so I can, like, lay my head down somewhere, and then, I don't know, like, fucking be a mall rat all day until graduation? I don't know. I can't remember the exact details. But... Um, the house that she lived in was also owned by the cemetery. So, like, the house and the cemetery were, Yo. were wow. t- together. Okay. And um, I think she had me sleeping in her living room. And we were up <clears throat> for the whole evening together and kind of late into the night. And the, the house felt weird. And I can't remember her saying anything to me uh, to indicate that I would have a weird experience. But she was like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. You know, if you need anything, just call up, whatever. And she turns off the lights and I sleep either on the arrow bed or on the couch. I can't remember, but I'm in the living room. Mm -hmm. And this place feels fucking terrifying to me. Wow. Uh-huh. And there was, um, and I did eventually nod off to sleep, but I remember sometime in the middle of the night waking up before I opened my eyes, and it was probably like three or four in the morning. I wake up because I distinctly feel a presence over me. Okay. You know, like, if you were to place something near your head with your eyes closed, you still know that there's something is there. Uh-huh. I could feel it in my energy field. And I was like, oh, absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, because when someone's nope. near you, you feel it. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Right. And I felt this energy and... It was just there, and I was like, nope, I'm not opening my eyes. I'm not getting up to pee. I am screwing my eyelids shut, and just, I think I may have pulled the covers over my head and curled into the fetal position and, like, Uh, I don't know, fretted myself back to sleep. (laughs) I've done that for sure. And in the morning, I was like, hey, Amanda, I felt it. And she's like, oh, yeah, that happens. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> K, 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 OK, OK. Thank you. You know what? I will just, I'm just going to scab at the mall. It's all good. I'll just, like, go find a little spot underneath a fucking clothes tree, and it'll be fine. Fuck. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. But I had learned kind of early on that it was really important that if you didn't want further involvement, to just refuse to engage. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I understand that entirely. I I don't have instincts toward that stuff um, because generally... You know, I'm the I'm the adorable friendly face where people ask me where the bathroom is wherever mm-hmm. I am. Like I'm like, oh surely a ghost wants to be my friend. Well, right. Right. But and, uh, like all of the creepy situation. Oh fuck Casper, what an annoying little prick. 
Absolutely not. Can you imagine if I was haunted by a child ghost? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, but as a child, wouldn't you have liked it? Maybe, because it would be a friend. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. And then in the movie, it's Devin Sawa. Hmm. Great. I do not know who that person is. Oh, because because it it hit my age group at the right time. It hit my age group right as we were like becoming frenzied as adolescents. Um, but he was he was a cute blonde boy. Okay, that's all you need to know. Fair enough. <laughs> that's all the context required. Fair enough. <sighs> you ready to tell some of other people's scary sure stories? Sure am. Let's do this. Yay! Whoop whoop doop 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 doop. So um, Jen and I had been reading a bunch of the Jezebel scary stories, and um, uh, they should be coming up. This should be happening soon. But when I went to go looking for it, when I went to go looking for it, yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. My syntax. You said said real words. Woof. Uh, Yes, but order, not sure. So um, I I didn't see it, but it has the thread has to be starting soon. That so that means we're gonna have a whole new treasure trove. Oh, nipples mm-hmm. getting hard in anticipation. Um, <laughs> uh, so we are moving over from the Jezebel scary stories to Let's Not Meet and No Sleep off of Reddit. But Jen also has some Jezebel ones that are banked. Um, I. Uh, the let's not meet ones are more like shit that happened with actual people. Um, and that is the most horrifying of all. Uh, they're supposed to be true. Creepypasta is the one that's on um, on Reddit where it's like, oh, and then his knuckles were scratching the roof of the car. Like shit that you would tell around a campfire. Um, but... Uh, I am going to read a story off of Let's Let's Not Meet that was cross-posted from No Sleep, and it is called Violin Hill. Are you ready? Yes. Uh, oh shit, this person has deleted their account, unless their name is deleted, which is also very clever. Um, sidebar before I started, uh, when I used to... When I used to subscribe to like um, Columbia House and all of those CD things, uh, I I would subscribe because they wouldn't charge you until you like you had to send in a check. <laughs> you didn't have to do a credit card, so I, I subscribed as as, <laughs> as current R resident. <laughs> so I imagine that that deleted is the screen name version of current R resident. Yes. Um, okay. So I'm new to Reddit and just discovered the sub, which is great because it means I can finally share the story. I know it's probably said a lot, and as always, there's no really no way to verify it, but what I'm about to tell you is 100% true. I'm not talented enough to make this up. Around two years ago, I finally moved into a brand new house in a brand new building estate in Australia. I was one of the first to have a finished build in the area and was elated to finally gain independence. Moving into a new building when other people aren't there is scary. That's a scary thing. Ooh, I bet. Um, yeah, that doesn't sound mm. great. The first few weeks went by as normal, and during that time, I'd often take walks alone with the dog in the afternoons and roam the surrounding estate area. All the roads around us had been partially completed, and the other properties were marked out, but no other houses were built, excluding one that was directly opposite mine. This is especially something I don't want to be involved in. That Yikes. I mean, not only is it, like, kind of deserted, but there's probably ripped down all the trees. This is me editorializing. And um, and additionally, like, people aren't around. Like, the roads aren't built. Fuck me. No, thanks. I would rather live in a roadway inn. Um, (laughs) Yeah, let that sink in. The house looked finished, but there was no driveway laid yet, and from what I could gather, no one lived there. To the left of my house, roughly a few hundred meters away, was a field with a huge hill in it. I later found out that the whole area was council property. Not only was no one allowed to build up there, but the whole hill was basically a no-go zone. For whatever reason, the council just didn't want people on it, so the whole area was surrounded by a huge chain-link fence. The only noticeable, other noticeable feature in the area was a small abandoned farmhouse with a shed a few kilometers down from the road. Uh, 
I knew nothing about it, and I went often went walking there with the dog. As it, get, get, what's your dog's name? With the dog, come on, <laughs> Aussies. As it gave me something mild to explore amongst the vast nothingness I was living around. The entire place was dilapidated and completely inhabitable, but it was still interesting nonetheless. Yeah, yes, of course. Um, That's that's exactly what's interesting. (laughs) uh, My jam. We still got to check out that abandoned hospital in Newark. Uh, About a month or two after moving in, I awoke one morning to the sound of a violin. It sounded extremely distant and quite haunting. I actually enjoyed it and assumed that the neighbors opposite me had finally moved in. Excited that I had finally had some finally had some people to talk to, I peeked out the curtain and saw the house opposite mine was still as vacant as it ever was. I got dressed, but by the time I managed to look outside, the violin has stopped. This happened roughly every second day for the next week. The violin would wake me up and then just disappear after about 45 seconds. I'd ignored it to the point where my curiosity simply got the better of me, and the next morning when I heard the violin playing again, I immediately jumped out of bed, threw on my dressing gown, and shot out the front door. Okay, Ebenezer Scrooge. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Absolutely. I threw up the sash. You there, boy! Bring me that turkey! (laughs) Bring me that violinist! (laughs) <laughs> I scoured <laughs> I'm laughing at someone's pain and fear. I scoured the <laughs> I scoured the early morning surrounding and there up on the hill was a figure playing a violin. Shut it. It was barely light but the person looked very tall from the distance I was at and they were playing and as they were playing uh ooh Looked very tall from the distance I was at, and as they were playing, was doing what could only be described as a waltz-type walk, spinning slowly around in a circle as they played. I took my eyes off the person and walked over to pick up the morning paper, and in the ten seconds that took me, I heard the violin stop. When I looked up, I noticed the figure was no longer playing or dancing, but was now standing still and most likely looking in my direction. It was so dark I couldn't make out, and more, and I, I couldn't make out more and we both just stood there for half a minute not moving before the creeps got the better of me and I went inside don't have a stare down with the mystery person who was playing the violin on a hill at night (laughs) I mean early morning but yes after that morning things started happening on my walks like honestly dark morning for me is much scarier than pitch middle of the night I don't know why after that morning things started happening on my walks I began to notice footprints on the surrounding properties that weren't made by me and I'd never seen before which I just assumed were from people walking up from from the other housing areas down the road I never awoke to the violin but I swore I could hear someone walking on the street next to my bedroom window in the early morning however I never saw anything other really general things as well like random tools such as spades and rakes laying around the area where I guess were left there by construction crews who rake a whole lot like <laughs> what i mean oh do you guess <laughs> uh, n- uh the construction crews none of which i ever saw wow we will tell each other all kinds of uh, tell ourselves stories won't we we're like okay this has to be this um i'd started getting calls at work that would immediately hang up on me at work holy shit and i also stopped walking up to the abandoned farmhouse as the experience with the violin player had me a little shaken oh did it One night as I was heading to bed, I turned off the television in the living room, and again, I could hear the faint sound of a violin playing. However, it sounded more muffled and rehearsed. I froze, and a cold chill flowed through me instantaneously. Considering that it was about midnight and not the usual time I'd hear it playing, I went to the front window and peeked out to see that there was a light in the house opposite mine. It was clearly a candle, as I could see the dim light flicker in the empty window, and the music sounded like it was coming from an old record player. But in the 10 minutes I watched, I never saw any movement movement inside the house. I moved away from the window sufficiently, freaked out, and another, after another five minutes, I heard the music abruptly stop. Five minutes that time. Woof. I peeked out again to notice the light was now out. I never saw anyone. I began to become unsettled in the house and would often invite friends over to hang out until late, but of course, nothing would ever happen when someone else was with me. I never bothered to tell any of my friends, as without evidence, I just figured they'd give me shit about it, and I'd become more agitated. <laughs> Your friends suck. Uh, but nothing <laughs> nothing compared... <gasps> Sorry, I'm going to take a sip of my whiskey. Mm. But nothing compared to what happened next. Oh, fuck. In my living area, the desk sits right next to a small window which looks out to a fence surrounding my property. 
The steel fence is literally an arm's length from the house and about six feet tall. So I always figured that unlike most of the other windows, I'd never need to cover this one with a sheet or blanket. Get some fucking curtains, bish! Because no one could ever see in. I usually had headphones on when I played, and I always had the lights off for uh, with for no other reason than I liked uh, preferred to play games in the dark. I hope you're talking about video games and you're not like doing a puzzle. God, <laughs> can you imagine doing? A- <laughs> Sorry, sidebar. Like <laughs> who? There are definitely savants who are out there doing jigsaw puzzles by feel, right? <laughs> yes, a, a thousand percent. Okay, sorry, this is longer. Th- Shit, this is long. Okay. Do, 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 do. It was dark. Where are you, Lillian? But nothing compared to what happened next. In my living area, the desk sits right next to a small window, which looks out onto the fence surrounding my property. The steel fence is literally an arm's length from the house and about six feet tall. So I always figured that, unlike most of the other windows, I'd never need to cover. Okay, doot, doot, doot. One night when I was gaming, I got up and walked into the dark kitchen and got a beer out of the fridge. It was dead silent, excluding the faint sound coming out of my headphones. As I closed the fridge and turned around to face the desk, I saw directly out the window two very faint lights. I didn't even catch on and immediately started walking back to the desk, fixated on the small glowing balls. And it wasn't until I had my nose almost pressed against the glass that I realized the two lights weren't lights at all. They were eyes. No! A set of eyes sitting just above the fence line, staring wide open at me. They didn't blink. They didn't move. My entire body locked up. All I could do was simply stare back as my brain was still comprehending that there was an actual person looking at me in the scariest way I could possibly imagine. I don't, I don't, a person is generous here. I don't know what happened. Either my head kicked into gear or my muscles loosened, but my body automatically collapsed and I fell to the floor, scurrying to hide against the wall away from the window. I could hear my heart beating through the carpet like a drum as I tried to lay as flat as possible, and my mind was still processing the sheer severity of the situation. A violin started playing. (gasps) That fucking violin! And the haunting tune it always emitted started up, except this time it was directly outside my window and much louder than I'd ever heard it before. No, 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 no. The lights were still off, and I wanted to get up to turn off the PC screen so I couldn't be seen, but my whole body just wasn't ready to cooperate. Not only was the sound of the instrument extraordinarily loud, but it sounded like it was being played with frustration, notes being missed frequently, and the strings screeching. The pace of it was getting faster and faster, and by this time, my dog Jeb, out in the backyard, no baby, had picked up on the situation. It was registering an unfamiliar sound, gave one solitary Deep bark. Oh, no. The violin instantly stopped and the house was finally dead silent, excluding my headphones, which I could hear quietly working away. I was still frozen to the carpet and it wasn't until Jeb gave a second menacing bark that I heard the figure outside the window start to walk away in the direction of my yard. Once that first footstep hit the ground, I instantly thought of the welfare of my best mate. And finally, my head connected with my extremities and my entire body kicked into overdrive. I left from the ground and slid away across the laminated floor to the back door where Jeb was standing, staring into the backyard. I ducked to keep low and quietly unlocked and slid open the door. Usually doing so would notify Jeb that he was allowed inside, but when the door opened up, he didn't move an inch and was completely fixated on the pitch black backyard. Everything told me not to go outside, but there was no chance I was letting anything happen to my dog, and I moved out into the alfresco. Okay, Australian. Moved, <laughs> moved behind Jeb. Put, did their friend was their friend like you need a thesaurus, buddy? That's a thesaurus move. Uh, moved behind Jeb, put my hand under his collar, and attempted to back him towards the house. Jeb is a pure Labrador and weighs like a sack of sand. So when he doesn't want to move, it takes sheer force to pull him in the direction you want him to go. And right now, Jeb wasn't going anywhere. I yanked at his scruff. Oh, those dumb babies. I know. I yanked at his scruff, and as I did, he emitted a bark like I'd never heard before. A deep, bellowing, fuck you right off sound that elevated my nerves to an all-time high. 
we both just stood there waiting for some form of reply. And I couldn't remember how long we both just froze there, but eventually I heard footsteps from around the side of the house begin to walk away. But not a simple walk. Almost like whoever was doing it was slowly dancing in a circle. Oh, God. The footsteps keeping to a beat as they drifted away from the house into the distance. Once I... hmm, Once I couldn't hear anything, uh, Jeb licked his lips, gave me a look, and wandered back inside. I followed, locked the door behind me, and spent the night reverting to my childlike self, hiding under my bed covers with my dog. I didn't sleep a wink. That was the last time I ever saw or heard the violin player. The next morning when the sun finally came up, I called into work sick and called the police. They scoured the lot next to mine and found footprints in the dirt. However, there were so many that it was impossible to tell whose were whose. The only description I could give to the officer was his height. He would have had to be over six feet to stare over that fence at me. But they, but they explained that he could have been standing on something or on his toes. They also told me that they've never received a report of anyone playing the violin in the area or anyone been in the fenced-off hill either. I hate it here. I, yeah, you got to move, <laughs> honey. I essentially looked like an insane person, but the officers were very nice about the whole thing and offered to patrol the area for the next few nights, which helped put my mind at ease. Nothing else happened since then. Over the next year or two, people started finally moving in, and I tell them the story about the figure I saw, some of which used to, uh, some of which still used to keep their children in, some of, okay, some people still use this to keep their children in line, which I found funny. One guy nicknamed the council lot Violin Hill, and the name has stuck around our street ever since then. I even spent a period of time scoring the depths of the internet for the violin tune I kept hearing but could never find it. There were a few classical pieces that seemed reminiscent, but I've thought I've since thought that whatever the tune was played must have been completely self-composed, which creeps me out even more. Mm-hmm. I'm still in the house. I still <gasps> tell people the story, and I haven't changed my routine one bit, which has really helped me block out the fear of the experience. But I game with the blinds closed now. No. No. <laughs> That's not it, Chief. That's not it, Chief! (laughs) Uh, Oh, my God! (laughs) All right, well, and now I know exactly how long something... That was longer than I thought it was going to be, but... But it was so good. Oh, fuck. That's okay. Fuck, fuck, fuck. That's completely okay. Uh, Let me see. Yo, I scared myself. That whole Girl. thing with the dog, the, when animals are like, oh, oh, no, no, no. That's Mm-mm. that's when you know it's bad. Oh, Absolutely. Um, all right. I'm going to give you another scary one because I have a couple that will make you mad at people. And, 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 but this, this one is. Let's this just one be is mad at ghosts. Let's be mad at ghosts. Being mad at ghosts is totally fine. So uh, this is from user Reticulating Spines. <laughs> So I moved around a lot when I grew up, but there was one house in particular that was very, very much haunted. The house itself was a split level on a reasonable sized lot. It had a big lawn and where our property ended in three directions was woods. It looked and felt totally normal from the lawn. Inside the house, specifically on the upper level, there was always a weird vibe. The house always made you feel kind of exposed. I remember as a kid walking into the house for the first time and telling my mom I felt cold all over. Mm. A week after moving in, I started having really weird dreams. I would literally get up in the middle of the night and think I saw things. At first, it was easy stuff. That was not too weird. Something would seem to have moved. I would feel like I was not alone. There would be something I still think of as shadow bugs moving around my baseboard. All little things that can be explained with it was dark and I was a little kid. I also never felt threatened by the shadows. It was always just around, doing its own thing. Then, a few months into living into the house, I made a huge mistake. (laughs) I was at the table and I drew the shadow bugs for my mom. I explained to her that they were in my room and they visited me at night. She kind of made a face at me and asked if they played with Dog. I had an imaginary friend named Dog. 
I explained they were different. I want to know if it's a dog or a friend. I want I want it to be a kid. I want it to be. <laughs> she does not go on to uh, I want it to be one of the little rascals. <laughs> but his name is Dog. <laughs> she says, I explained they were different because Dog was imaginary and they were real. To this day, I remember what I said and how I explained it to her. After that conversation, the nightly visits changed. That night, I woke up feeling wrong. The kind of wrong that comes from knowing someone is behind you. I opened up my eyes and the shadow bugs had come off my baseboard and I was looking at a kind of pixel person standing next to my bed. Oh, God. <laughs> Naturally like being, Nope. Nope. <laughs> Unsubscribe. Naturally being a six-year-old, I screamed for my parents like hell itself had come into my room. My mom and dad rushed in, thinking their child must have broken a fucking leg or something. My light came on, and I could see the shadow shape still when I closed my eyes. I told my parents that there was a thing in my room, and it looked like a person, and it was angry at me. My parents calmed me down, and finally exhausted, I passed out until the next morning. I tried to write it off as a nightmare, but I felt weird all day about it. After that first night, the visit happened every night. I realized they started at about 3.12 a.m. About! Approximately! Yeah, mm -hmm. I know this because I got so used to it that I expected it. Mm. I stopped screaming, and I would just sit in bed and cry while it stood there. Mm. It never reacted to me, but it would sometimes change its location. I remember waking up to it on my bed sitting next to me and once on my bookshelf. I stopped sleeping well at all. My parents brought me to a sleep lab and they did tests oh, and always showed baby. that I was... I know. What I need is an exorcism, mom and dad. Uh, yes. It always showed that I was sleeping perfectly through the night. Then they would bring me home and put me to bed and it would start all over. I remember that whenever I would tell my parents details, that night it would be worse. Sometimes it would lean over me till I just felt its pressure all around me till it felt like I couldn't breathe. Mm-mm. My parents always kind of assumed it was all in my head and even brought me to a shrink to help me out. Oh. Nothing really worked and night lights made it angry. Oh, God. Oh, no, that's the one thing where you're like, this is going to be okay. I know. Oof. The summer after second grade, however... My dad realized that I might not be making it up. I'd woken up to go to the bathroom way before shadow time, and I was walking down the hall. I saw my dad in my parents' doorway. My dad is a nocturnal creature, so this was not that weird, but he was just standing in the dark in the door. I remember saying, I'm going to the bathroom. He kind of kept standing there, and I followed up with, You don't fool me, Dad. I know you're trying to scare me. Still no response. I stood there for a couple seconds and then continued on. As I started moving again, my dad did a sort of jump scare boo Mm -mm, toward me. mm -mm. I actually did jump and topple over. I hit the ground and I was kind of laughing, saying, not funny, dad. This was like him, really. He always loved to play little jokes on us as kids. So it it was not altogether that weird. As I sat on the floor, he started to lean over me. And I remember saying, dad... You're scaring me. Right then, the hallway light slammed on behind me. It was my dad who had been standing in the bathroom door the entire time. No, he He watched it. Oh, fuck, 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 He ran past me to turn the light on in his room and my sister's room, clearly looking for someone. Turns out... He had been behind me for the entire exchange and saw nothing but his six-year-old having a conversation with the air and then being knocked over and scared. No, I just dropped my phone. (laughs) (laughs) According to him, at first he thought I was being weird, but as it kept going, he realized something was wrong about the situation. We moved out two months later for other reasons. Um, come on. (laughs) Huh. But both he and my mother now swear it was haunted as well. When I got older, I googled the address and found some more info on the house. 
Turns out, a few years before we moved in, a pregnant woman died of carbon monoxide poisoning during a winter storm. No. The town newspaper had run a piece on it, and it turns out that the husband came back from his plow shift to find his wife dead around 4 a.m. Mm. I could never find the time of death officially, but I would put money on it being 3.12 a.m. Ah. Uh. Ah. Uh. No. 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 Jesus! Oh, oh my God! No! Oh my God! Oh, how many times though? And you know, I I don't know what I believe or what, but like, if a kid comes to you and they're like, "This shit is happening," it doesn't really matter if it's happening in their head or not. You know what I mean? Like, mm. like whatever it takes to treat the situation. And if part of it is believing your kid and doing a, a, some sort of care routine or having, I, well, you know what? Fuck me. I'm not a parent. I don't know how any of this works. I remember being a kid and feeling not believed. Yeah, of course. Uh, and it, unfortunately, that was fueled by all of the like... I saw Santa and nobody believes that I saw Santa bullshit. But, <laughs> but, it, and that's another reason why we should really get rid of some of that stuff because kids can make stuff up and sometimes they're not making things up. So why do we want to make things up for them to participate in and get it all fucking muddy? Yay. That's what I have to say. This is why we don't have kids. <laughs> Kids bring right. ghosts. <laughs> kids bring... Oh, of course kids bring ghosts. Are you fucking kidding me? Absolutely they do. Excellent birth control. Do you want a tiny, tinny-voiced medium around all the time? No? No. Nah. <laughs> Lock it down. <laughs> uh... So this is a this is a weird story. I don't know that it's super scary, but it is definitely like what the fuck. Uh, this one is called "The Dog in the Road" by the Faceless Writer. This particular event happened almost a year ago, sometime in mid October. A couple friends and I drove out to visit an old friend of ours from high school, George, who now lived about an hour outside of the city. We spent the whole day with him, and it was really late when we finally decided to start the drive back home. My friend Lisa was passed out in the passenger seat. She had had a she had had a few drinks and decided to spend the ride home sleep. I don't think she decided that. Listen, faceless writer, <laughs> as a person who has been in the passenger seat and has tried to stay awake at times, sometimes it just doesn't happen. My other friend Sam was sitting in the back seat behind Lisa and was playing a game on her smartphone. I, of course, was driving. Of course, this is a little martyr thing, but okay. All right. I was following the GPS's instructions back to the freeway. At that moment, we were driving down a dark street with thick trees bordering both sides. Everything was pretty peaceful, with the only sounds I could hear being that of the car moving along the road and the radio on low volume. Suddenly, my car let out a jolt and it felt as if I had hit something. Sam let out a shocked scream while Lisa remained dead asleep. I slammed on the brakes and the car came to a halt. I was breathing heavily when I asked what the hell had just happened. Sam peered through the back window and gasped. She turned to me with an angry look on her face and shouted that I had just hit a dog. I looked through the back window and sure enough, a dog was lying in the road a few yards behind the car. Sam is a pretty big animal lover, so I wasn't surprised to see her get pissed at me. She was about to open her door and rush to the animal's aid when I stopped her. Once I had gotten over the shock of running over a dog, I got a feeling in my gut that told me something was off. I'm no braggart, but I consider myself to be a very attentive and safe driver. My eyes were on the road at all times, and I distinctly remember not seeing any dog in the road prior to the car jolting. Yes, it was dark, but I was sure that I would have at least seen the dog in the headlights before hitting it. I looked through the back window and took a closer look at the dog, or at least as much as I could make out in the reddish light coming through my taillights. It was a fairly big dog, at least a golden retriever or something like that. One particular detail caught my attention. I could see the dog's tail wagging. <laughs> now, I'm no 
no expert on the mannerisms of animals, but I was sure the last thing a dog would do after being hit by a car would be to wag its tail. After a moment of thought, I pressed my foot down on the accelerator and sped off. Sam snapped at me and ordered me to go back, but I told her something was wrong with the whole situation. She continued to argue, but she fell silent as she turned back through the back window. She asked, what the heck? With a shaken voice. I looked in the rearview mirror. Though it was dark, I was able to make out the silhouette of three large figures emerging from the trees on the side of the road. The dog was now up on its feet and jumping around joyfully. The three figures looked in our direction as I pressed my foot down on the gas harder and sped off. Sam and I remained silent for the rest of the ride home. It wasn't until a few days later that we told Lisa about it. We've been back to visit George a few times but since then, but we always make sure to leave before sunset. Still, I dread to think about what would have happened if we had gotten out of the car. Interesting. Oh, that sounds like a trap. Yeah, well, so then the next, like, one of the comments is, this is even more creepy because of the amount of time and planning that went into it. They had to train that dog specifically to play dead immediately after a car passes it. Plus, they had to throw something underneath slash in front of your car without you noticing while staying hidden from your headlights. Um, that's fucking terrifying. Have I heard of that happening before? I've never heard of that. I, oh, oh, uh, uh, who does that? The guy, the guy from the cell. <gasps> I haven't seen that in a long time. Oh my God, oh, that is, cell is first so of all, good. I love Vincent D'Onofrio. Have you seen Jen Ponton? Have you seen The Orphan? Of course I have. I have not everybody because you don't watch horror movies like taking vitamins the way that i do (laughs) that's fair wait are we talking about swallow vitamins or like chewy flintstone vitamins chewy vitamins okay Mm. um i just had like a a visceral sense memory of standing in in the hallway outside of my bathroom as a child having a, a flintstones vitamin um I got to choose. She would, like, shake them into her hand. And I was like, I want the green Dino, of course. Hello. So uh, I'm very excited to watch The Orphan. um, But just watched Psycho for the first time last night. I have never seen Psycho. Can Can you imagine? I've never seen Psycho. I cannot even imagine because I think I told you that when I was 13 years old, I got to have a party. I got to host a party that was for kids yes. at school. And they were like, what are we watching? I'm like, we're watching Psycho. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You're yes. welcome. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> With uh, Psycho, I don't want to do any spoilers, but the end really bothered me. <laughs> the end where there, where someone comes out and is like, allow me to sum up the movie. <laughs> And I was like, pardon me, sir. Thank you for insulting my intelligence, but I'm pretty sure we got it. It was the OG, though. You know, got us. That we were, we were not yet, our brains were not yet taught to follow those, Mm. um, those breadcrumbs. I guess. That was like super new at the time. Oh, I would be interested in hearing like a history of the evolution of scary movies because one of the first movies was Nosferatu, right? Mm, Nosferatu's fucking scary. (gasps) You know what is not happening this year, I bet? Ugh. What? And this is for everybody. And and this... Krampus Fest? No, 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 no. This will survive because... If anything's coming out of this alive, it's big old churches. But there's a but listen though. There's a big old church on the Upper West Side that every year does not only a screening of Nosferatu, but then they do a procession of the ghouls. At a, is it Riverside? I think it is. I love Riverside. At, at yeah. So and then it. Girl, I watched someone climb up a flying fucking buttress dressed as a spider. I feel like I have a micro story. Yeah, go for it. You want a little micro story? I want a little one. Give me a little one. It's a tiny amuse-bouche. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, it is. It's it's literally like Oh, my God. Paragraphs. What is the French word for ears? Uh, uh, heureux? Nope. Oreille. Les oreilles. So what, so what, uh, a muse A muse That's right. That's what we do all the time. 
Um, you want one about demons or <laughs> creepy children? Creepy children. Okay. This user says so many, but to start. <laughs> I have chills already. <laughs> My son used to sleepwalk a lot when he was around eight or nine years old. I'd wake up to find him in the hallway outside my bedroom, just shifting from foot to foot, eyes open but unseeing. Creepy AF, let me assure you. Uh One night, I woke to a knocking sound. Not hard, just sort of a rhythmic tap, tap, tap. It was my son's head as he tried to walk through the wall. So far, not scary, just my kid being a little creepy through no fault of his own. Years later, his little brother started doing the same damn thing in the same freaking spot. Fast forward a couple years later, and we're doing a little reno work. Took down the nasty wallpaper in the hallway and found that there was a mirror there underneath the thick wallpaper. A fucking mirror my boys had been trying to walk into a mirror (gasps) spooky halloween do not want oh do not want my god that was such a great oh that That was was such effective birth control aperitif (laughs) yes also that (laughs) oh my fuck Oh, good golly. I know, right? Oh, for crying all night. Okay. (laughs) Shit. Um, I mean, God, if I was going to, I mean, I already did my recommendations, really. Like, I recommend DVD Deathmatch. I recommend watching Psycho. Um, I mean, if you really want to get scared, watch The Vow. What's The Vow? Oh, that's the one about the Nexium cults. Like, real-life cults are scarier than anything because everybody's like, I'm too smart to get in a cult. Like, no, you're not. All of us are no, susceptible to that kind of thing because it feeds you everything that makes you feel whole and loved and human and then and then asks you to brand your fucking pubis mons. So, whoa! Right, right. And then gives you, like, when I've, when I've listened, I, I took an informal master's course in Jim Jones. I heard, the, like, the kind, of sh- the kind of loyalty trauma bonding shit that he would do oh, yeah. um, in the tests of... Oh, God. <laughs> in uh, the kind of loyal trauma bonding uh, tests that he would do when it came to um, the poisoned... Flavory. Oh yeah, they ha- they did dress rehearsals basically all the time, all the time, and and they didn't know it was a dress rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Only he knew, mm-hmm. and so he would, uh, he would. I mean, force you to do that. There were situations where y- you were absolutely sure that your life was at risk. Um, it was incredibly manipulative. Nobody, no one on earth, I can't even fathom, would be immune to that. So. No, real real business. Is it narrative or is it documentary? Uh, it's a documentary, but um, the so do you remember that um, there was a documentary called "What the Bleep Do We Know"? There's a, there's Not a guy really. from South Africa, uh, white guy who was already a documentary filmmaker and then got pulled into this cult. Um, I've only heard about this cult from the oh from this girl that he recruited on this cruise, um, and she oh, yeah she's no. the main storyteller. Cruise cults. Yeah, she's the main storyteller in the in the podcast I listened to about Nexium. But this has so many more people. Like it, it definitely snowballed. Um, so uh, this guy, like he's a known quantity. He's somebody who's been around for a while. So she trusts him. People trust him. This poor dude's wife gets involved. Like he meets his wife in the cult, and then she's like, maybe something's not right. Uh, sorry, you asked me a question. What was the question? Uh, is it narrative or documentary? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's a documentary, <laughs> and it is spruced up by the fact that he was literally documenting things as they happened for. The guy who was leading the cult. Oh, God. Until he started smelling bad shit. And then he started 
documenting other things. So it mm. is real good. It's real good. It's it's one of those things where, well, it's almost like Blair Witch, where it's like, we think we're documenting this, and suddenly it's this. Except, Oh my fuck! Except it's real. amazing! Except it's real. Oh, I'm so excited to watch that. Oh, it is. Um, it is cult-tastic. That's amazing. I have, uh, I have two recommendations. I'll give you the specific one first. The specific one is... Get a Shutter subscription this month. What's Shutter? Um, Shutter is a streaming platform that's exclusively for horror. <gasps> cool. They've got a lot of originals. They've got a huge library. I adore Shutter forever and ever. They've got exclusive access to a lot of stuff that I like. Um, but they have a film that they just released called Spiral. Ooh. I watched it yesterday. Holy ever-loving fuck. It's so ambient. The tone is so creepy. It is exquisitely done. And it is this beautifully allegorical um, LGBTQ horror movie um, about a gay couple who... It's not upstate because they're not coming from New York City. But basically they move to some version of upstate. Um, And... How a how a red community responds to their presence there. Um, there, it's an interracial couple. I know the um, I know the black actor who stars in it, who does an incredibly beautiful job, uh, Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, mm-hmm. um, who is also one of the judges for uh, RuPaul's Drag Race Canada. Oh. So he is very much um, a, a present voice in the community, and he's such he does such a beautiful job in this film. It's so raw. Uh, it's so good. Um, twists, turns, delicious. Nice. Um, strong recommend. And if you are up, if anyone wants to find more of my stuff, I am uh, I am like live tweeting horror movies every day. Oh. In October. I have been off of most (laughs) of the media, but I love that. That is one okay thing happening on Twitter. Mm. (laughs) Yes. Hooray. All right. Well, future fuck buddies. Future fuck buddies. Hang on tight. What fresh horrors. What fresh horrors await for spooky Halloween (laughs) election (laughs) pandemic (laughs) earth. Listen, on fire. Um, I'd like to give you some feedback. I feel like you should maybe, I know it's hard to kill your darlings, but like <laughs> you could maybe like roll some of this back. I feel like you should maybe save some of these plot points for a sequel or something like that. Because I mean, the audience, as an audience member, I'm getting a little bit confused. Things are a little muddy. I do not understand the motivation of the president character in any way. Um, I just, I want you Same. to just take a look. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm saying with this love because I with uh, with love because I want the story. I understand the story. I get. I smell what you're stepping in. But like, I really need for you to just dial back some. It's getting a little bit like um, Dallas soap opera, if you know what I mean. It's a little like one life to live, and I don't think that's what you're going for. Oh my god, I fucking love you. Commemorative coins. Uh, Okay, uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs>